All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 22 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I am your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we got Dylan D. Berthium to my right, Michael Biebs Bondi to my left. D, how's it going, buddy? Looking comfortable as ever over there. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Nice and cozy here in the... Uh... <laughs> garage in this minus 10 weather but he's in full slouch you wouldn't know it if- it's warmer than it normally is yeah it's uh it's not bad um i wore a paul stastny jersey in just after we talked about it last week um just to prove i had one but uh we made it brock i'm not half as comfy as d but maybe we'll get there as the show goes on you never know probably not good luck <laughs> i don't know if anyone's ever looked as comfortable as dylan on a podcast ever um all right I don't think it's going to surprise anybody that we're going to open today's episode with a Swiss-born player. Yeah, Timo. Um, right after we talked about how much we love Team Switzerland last week. Do you think it's a uh, coincidence at all? I, I think not. I not mean, a chance. I don't know if there's ever been a you know one single player that's been championed more on this podcast over the years than Timo Meyer. And would you guys did, argue that? Like, is there no. somebody out there that you think, other than Jesper Bratt this season, maybe? <laughs> but, like, over the years, I don't think anyone's been championed quite as much as Timo. Nino Niederreiter had a, uh, a close one. Um, also Swiss. For a while. But then, uh, yeah, also Swiss. But no, Timo's, <laughs> Timo's our guy. So when he scored five, you know the boys were, were high five. He's basically like the third co-host. He's been a staple of this show since yeah. 2017. <laughs> Can we call him friend of the show? Yeah. Yeah, friend of the show, Timu. Congrats on your five. If, Collaborator. 
yeah. of the show. Doing it on a Monday afternoon, too. Just a huge uh, F you to anyone that's playing against Timu. Uh, that would suck to watch that. That's like having your getting just rocked in fantasy football on Thursday night. I think I think maybe the best part of the whole thing is the fact that he only had six shots. <laughs> like six shots, five goals, shot, shooting eighty three point three percent. It's just insane. It's just he's got the feel right now. He was literally like just turning around, spinning and firing from like twenty feet out and and ripping it bar down. Absolutely. Um, and it's not just you know obviously five goals helps the case. Um, but that gives him now seventeen points in his last eleven including nine goals again nine five goals will do that to you um i saw some tweets like out there that he would basically be like the second leading scorer on some teams from that game alone which is outrageous uh, but timo meyer even though he's missed five games already this season is on pace for 44 goals 55 assists 99 points in 77 games this season so um kudos to him absolutely tremendous stuff just scoring five goals but the the numbers overall uh, are just outstanding and then obviously the fact that uh you know the sharks seem to be a lot better than people were giving them credit for timo uh has definitely paid off for fantasy owners so far um already topped last year's point total of 31 nearly at uh, the 49 points he posted in 2020 in 70 games, his career high, 30 goals, 66 um, points total. He uh, He's approaching that very, very quickly. I think uh, having a healthy and kind of back Eric Carlson's helping him a lot here. It, 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 the other night, I think we saw him get three assists off of those five goals. It, it really helps when you know you have an elite and one of the best all-time playmakers from the back end uh, helping you along there. We love Timu. Yeah, that was cool. And uh, I, I think like Tom Ashurdle is obviously playing outstanding as yeah. well, um, helping the case. So uh, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to Timo Meyer to open up the show. Um, moving on, we here. did Kodak Black last week for clapping cheeks um, falsely, and now we're doing Timo Meyer. So we're really stepping up <laughs> for way, clapping bar down. Yeah, way classier episode already. It's episode twenty-two, all about the class. Um, all right, moving on here. It seems like. The cream is really rising uh, to the top here in the NHL with some of the top teams really kind of finding their form seemingly all at the same time. Um, and, and it's really sparking a debate over who is the class of the field. Obviously, I think that there's you know five or six teams that have probably separated themselves uh, from the pack, but who is the leader of the pack? So um, we each kind of have our own top three and Biebs, we'll start with you who is your top three teams in the nhl right now and we promise we you know we just wanted to open today's show with some general nhl discussion we will get to the fantasy aspect of the show later um but just quickly we've got carolina colorado florida tampa bay and toronto those are kind of um i would assume basically the consensus top five um if you have an outlier, let us know. Yeah. But uh, who is your top three right now? Well, and I'd just like to start and say, as a journalist, I have to keep everything, you know, just completely, uh, just, I, I can't favor any side. So mm-hmm. I, I, yes. I uh, so this is just totally, you know, just all <laughs> from, from, you know, this is just, just keeping it real. But Colorado first, duh. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. Probably on pace for the most goals ever in a season. Uh, no, but being realistic i do have colorado at one that is strictly because i am a homer and i'm very biased but um on <laughs> on pace uh as legitimate journalism days lasted about 38 seconds. yeah 38 seconds right there yeah before i uh, just let it all out and i, I lost all all by or all non-biased but yeah as mentioned um on pace to score the most goals in avalanche history um this is uh, it, it's just 
you watch them out there, it's, I, I mean, I don't have to tell people. It's, it's like watching the other two teams we're going to choose. They just dominate basically everyone. The games they do lose, it's like odd bounces. I mean, we see it happen with basically all five teams, not mm-hmm. even all three on here. I mean, even all, it's crazy. It's just such They're a, all good. Such a different, <laughs> and, and, and they're right there. But no, my number two, I have Florida. Um, they've won eight of their last ten. This is another team that's just scoring in bunches, over five goals per game. What's not to like out there? And Bobrovsky's back. Love to see that. It'd be great if they could have a backup goalie who could get a save percentage over 890. Um, not pretty. So, you know, maybe it's crazy that we're talking about Florida maybe having to make a trade at the dead, deadline for a backup goalie because, I mean, Bob's health is always an issue in the long term, um, and that could easily take them out of this top three if he gets hurt. We've seen what Spencer Knight Hasn't been great. can't do lately. Another five spot last night. He is destroying me in fantasy, and I am torn on what to do with him. But third, I have Tampa Bay. I mean, they're leading the league in points. They're also leading the league in games played. Um, but it's Tampa Bay. They're a wagon. They've done all this without Kutrov pretty much. He's played, what, like 10 games this year. They're at 41 deep. That means they get 41 more of Nikita. If he could stay healthy, um, I think, obviously, we'll be talking about them right Until at the top. Until somebody dethrones them, they're, they're yeah, kind of the champion. Yeah, right? I mean, but at the same time, Colorado did win the Presidential Trophy last year, so uh, people don't forget. Um, but I'll let you guys go because, you know, Obviously, you're going to have the abs at one. I just want you to repeat it as well. <laughs> Do you want to go next? Yeah. Um, I really like Florida. I think, like, on paper, they've performed <laughs> the best out of any team this season. Um, I think their incredible, you know, goal-scoring output has been warranted when you look at the amount of scoring chances that they create and the shots they generate at 5v5, you know, on the power play as well. So, uh, yeah, I think to date they've been the best team in the league. Um you know, do I have my money on them, you know, to win the Stanley Cup this season? I don't know. I think it's going to be, you know, tough to bet on any of these teams coming out of the East um, just because it is so stacked and so top-heavy right gotta now. got to run that gauntlet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if I had to pick, like, a Stanley Cup favor right now, it'd be the Avs just because I think they're going to have a really easy time um, getting through the Western Conference postseason at this point. So, um, and I'd have them in my top three as well. I, I, I just kind of agree with Beavs. I, I think, you know, like Florida um, – and this, you know, I, in particular the season that McCarr is having, but all of them as well. And then Kadri and the emergence of that second line. I, I think that um, with Florida, they've really been the talk of the season. And, and yeah, they, they've been the two headliners. And sure, I'm prob- probably some of that has to do with the fact that Tampa's been so good for so long. So they're easy to overlook. But uh, yeah, they have played more games than anyone else. So, you know, their point lead is a little bit fraudulent. Their numbers at 5v5 don't look quite as good as some of the other teams in there. They are fourth in the NHL right now in terms of points percentage, if you want to take the games played out of it right now. Mm-hmm. And 10th in scoring chances per 60. So just not quite on the level of, um, you know, Florida and Colorado. This season, obviously, I think they're one of the you know most complete teams in the league. And, you know, it's hard not to bet on them um, going into the postseason. So, yeah, it's hard for me. I can't really put an order on the three of them. Florida, I would definitely have in there. Colorado. Um, and then I think you have to give it to Tampa Bay. But Carolina and Toronto, for me, are, are both right on the edge yeah. as well. I'm surprised you didn't have Toronto in there because, I, I mean, I could have leaked them at three. It's just too, hard to justify so them over any of the other yeah, two exactly. teams. But, I mean, again, they've played five less games um, than Tampa. But they would need to win, I think, four of those five to, to leapfrog them in the standings. So I, I like the Leafs a lot, but the fact that they haven't played as many games, it's just hard to, to rank them above them. I mean, obviously, I like the Leafs a lot, but I I, yeah. <laughs> I like their performance a lot this season, and they're really the only team that has been able to rival the kind of uh, production, at least from a scoring chance and shot-generating standpoint, that the Panthers have at 5v5. So I'd like to sneak them in there, but it feels hard and to really justify that over uh, any of the other three I already mentioned. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about a lot of these top teams because it seems like – 
each team kind of has its own little bugaboo, right? Like you've got the Panthers, yeah. which are the most dominant 5v5 team in the NHL, um, but their power play is struggling for whatever reason. Um, you know, you've got the Lightning who have been pretty much banged up all season. They're maybe not quite as deep as some of the other teams, you know, and, and definitely not as deep as they have been in recent years. The Avalanche have been an absolute wagon, like you the said. Goal-tending. The goaltending yeah. has, you know, it, it's it's among the bottom 10 in, in the NHL. Um the Maple Leafs, I, I think, just kind of – they seem like, you know, one of the more complete teams, especially the way Jack Campbell's playing right now. Yeah, I think They the just Blue... don't seem to be quite as consistent on a night-to-night basis. They seem to kind of lack that that consistency. But, you know, when you're just looking from, at the roster from top to bottom, they seem to be one of the more complete teams. Same with Carolina. Um, they, you know, they can run four deep with, with the best of them. Um, but maybe sometimes um, – you know, the goaltending has been really, really solid throughout the season, but how much can you really trust Frederick Anderson, you know, for the entirety of the season? I think they all they all kind of have their own question marks, which is makes it all the more interesting. Yeah, and aside from Colorado, they all have a lot of or, you know, really good competition within their own division, let alone the own their own conference that they're gonna have to battle out this year. Obviously the Rangers are, are right up there in, in points as well. So yeah. Uh, so for me, like, yeah, it, pens we're are basically hot too. I almost wanted to mention them in my top five. Who's that? The pens right yeah. now, they are yeah. just, and, and they were the other team that kind of is on the, the edge. Yeah, for the, me. They cussed. I, I've been talking about them a lot and about how that team is going to look when they get fully healthy. It looks like they finally are. And I think they're going to really emerge. Um, so I do like the penguins a lot for now. They're still outside my top three. Um, I, I, pretty similar to you guys. I think I have Florida at one right now. Um, Colorado at two and Tampa Bay at three. I couldn't keep Tampa Bay out just because they're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. They have the best goaltender in the world. Kucherov looks like an absolute machine. Um, you know, I, I really like Carolina. I like what they have going. The Maple Leafs obviously still terrific, but uh, Florida just looks like an absolute wagon at five v five, and uh, the blue line, you know, seems to 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 be getting better. Like especially Mackenzie Weger just seems to get better every game. Um, so for me. It's a soft top three. It's hard to really argue among um, this top five. But let's turn the page now to teams trending in the opposite direction, or a team trending pissy in the opposite team? direction. Um, yeah, they're a little bit pissy right now out in Edmonton. <laughs> and uh, the Oilers have lost six in a row um, and 12, 12 of their last 14 games while averaging just 2.5 goals for per game and 4.0 goals against. Um I guess first and foremost has got to be just the lack of offense as of late. I mean, McDavid and and Leon still seem to be getting their points. Um, it's not quite at the level that, that you would maybe expect, um, you know, from those two guys. But no, it's not at the two hundred point pace level that we yeah, were seeing. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it definitely has a little bit of a um, you know they set the bar maybe a little bit too high for themselves, but. You know, the goaltending is the huge issue here. Um, and Biebs, me and you specifically talked about it last week, about how good of a job um, the, the Avalanche have done making smaller deals to insulate their superstars, where the Oilers, on the other hand, have done the complete the opposite, opposite that yes. and have really, really struggled to, to find complementary players for these absolute superstars. So... During this uh, 14-game, not losing streak, but 12 of their last 14, in that span, Connor McDavid has 17 points in 14 games. So it's hard to argue with you know that, really, but that is far from the pace that we saw him last year or at the start of this season. So how much of this is they need more out of Connor and Leon? How much of this is 
Connor and Leon need more help? And how much of this is just their goaltending's fucking brutal? Oh, I think big time their goaltending's just fucking trash. Not to, uh, you know, go too hard at them, but they suck complete ass. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, it's embarrassing to watch. And I, I, I know, I, you know, you're, you're on a beer league team and your goaltending's bad and you just sit there and shake your head. I could not imagine being in a full stadium, being Connor, putting up over a point per game and you got to turn around and watch Stuart Skinner let in six and a half goals or, you know, watch Mike Smith flop around and let in seven. Um, it, it's ugly and, 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 I don't want to go too hard at them. That's hell yeah. We're we are we're a big old liar this episode. Especially Stu, you know, he's yeah. doing his best. Yeah, Stu's trying. Um he's definitely way he's a fish out of water and uh should maybe, you know, they gotta get something in there. Uh, we've seen a couple other teams, you know, grab guys off of off of the waiver. We've seen Buffalo put in Michael Hauser and do way better than this. I don't know what the solution is in Edmonton, but you know, that plus you mentioned it that that secondary scoring i don't think you can ask more of connor and leon they are trying they are completely juiced out and we're gonna get to the point game 82 is gonna come around and these guys are gonna just if they're putting up a point per game the media is gonna be destroying them it's absolutely bonkers um i mean playing with zach cassian as a winger and you're playing with just ridiculous wingers every night i i i it, it's brutal maybe don't give duncan keith four or five million dollars to start the year spend that on you know Get yourself into Shushkin for a mil. Yeah. Get so, yourself a Burakovsky for two points. To try to help and just kind of paint a clearer picture, um, since during this 14-game slide for them, um, their expected goals for percentage is 15th um, in the NHL. So basically the dead middle of the pack there, save percentage in all situations is worst in the NHL. Yeah. 867. Yeah, and the third worst PDO too, because um, I think they have like a seven percent on ice shooting. Yeah, sec- second worst PDO. Yeah. How do you get any that? momentum yeah. when you're just getting no stops? I mean, anything that gets going is just automatically yeah. turned around. I-, I think, like, if anything, it just highlights the flaws with the roster, right? And, oh, head and, to toe. And you know, as you said, Brock, just again highlights the inability that they've had to, you know, surround this team with any sort of secondary talent. Anything that you know really has. Anyone who has come into that team and produced well, they're not doing it um, separately and it exclusively from McDavid or Dreisaitl, right? Like when Nugent Hopkins was going off, he was paired with Dreisaitl. When Yamamoto came in at the end of the that one season, he was with Dreisaitl. Like Cassian had a good spell, and again, it's because he was playing with McDavid. Uh, Neil, when he was hot um, last year or the year before, I can't remember, but again, playing with the big boys, right? They, they don't have anyone like Kadri coming in, for example, and um, and driving a line on his own and, and you know finding their own level of production so yeah it's just it's just the problem with how the team's built um that you know when these guys aren't playing out of their minds that it's going to be really hard for them to win and i think that you know compounded with the fact that they haven't been getting the goaltending at all lately uh it makes it really really hard for them but it, it's worth pointing out too that they really do need to be amazing for this team to be winning consistently because even over this you know the i think it's the two and 12 is the last 14 games right that, yeah, that really yeah. tough stretch um, Connor missed a game during that strand. He's got 13 and 13. Leon's got 13 points in 14 games. So they've essentially been point per game players over this stretch, but they're not point and a half per game players. And they're not, um, you know, doing it basically on their own offensively or not to the point where they're going to be single-handedly winning games. And then they're not getting the goaltending on top of it. It's so, almost like teams are making adjustments on them. Yeah. But I mean, too, you, I mean, the Leafs I mean, would have gone through this a lot that. the last few yeah. years too, right? Like if, when the big guys, you know, aren't performing and if, that's what happened in the postseason the last two or three seasons in a row, right? If Matthews goes cold or if Marner goes cold and the second, you know, Tavares isn't doing anything, there's just nothing to fall back on. So. How funny is them just like, even, even the reporters, but saying going cold is like a point per game or an over a point per game for Leon and, and McDavid. That's just crazy. 
Um, yeah. And yeah. then I think you look at Tampa and it's just a completely different story, right? Like, especially before they lost, um, you know, Gord in the expansion draft too, but they always had, uh, at the very least, the best in the league exactly. Right. And then, and obviously they had guys like, you know, Tyler Johnson, Pilat, other guys that are just capable of moving up the lineup. Braden Point emerging as well has obviously been huge. But yeah, they've been able to find production uh, exclusive of their big guys and separate from that where the Oilers just absolutely have not at, like at all. Like they, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, get like one diamond in yeah, the rough, like you but can't, it's nothing. Like, like if you th- try to think back the last three or four years <laughs> of, of a guy who had done well on that team, not playing with McDavid or Ty Johnson. Ty in the preseason yeah. was the only thing that they had going for Yeah, them. but again, he's playing with McDavid. Carr, yeah. had like would, a week. So yeah, just to further that point, like their, their secondary scoring, and this is again, just over that 14-game stretch, um, they have, outside of Nugent Hopkins, who's injured, um, but he, he played nine of those games. But outside of that, the, uh, Nugent Hopkins and Leon and Connor, they have two players over half a point per game. Yes, he pulled Yarby, has eight and 12. Kyler Yamamoto has seven and 14, right on half a point per game. After that, it, the bottom completely falls out. You got Warren Fogle, who's got five points in 14 games. Yeah. Colton Sevier is next at yeah. four points in 14 games. Cassie in four and 10. Yeah. Hyman, f- no goals, four assists in 11. Yeah. Like Brendan Perlini, Ryan McLeod. Like there's just, there's no talent there. Yeah. No, you're not getting, and I mean, it, these, these other teams, like you said, they can stretch out other teams' Ds. They can help their superstars with these third lines, banging out other teams' top players, mm-hmm. blah, 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 being an issue, and they just don't have that. I mean, it, it's just crazy that Connor and Leon are doing what they're doing with literally no help. Yeah, like even, like, let's use Colorado for an example. Yeah. You've got McKinnon, that, lo- that top line's loaded. They dominate every night. Then you've got Kadri on the second line, who is, be- like, leading the NHL in points, basically. Yeah. Do you and think then, other then teams after that, are, after that, you've got Nick Albay-Kubel. You've got Alex Newhook chipping in on a regular basis. JT Comfort chipping in constantly. Yeah. And in, in Edmonton, there, there's zero secondary scoring. So uh, to me, it, it is a clear... They're just not good enough. Yeah. Like The goaltending to be as bad as they have been for two months now and no secondary score. How do you, you cannot win. And then... Yeah, so and many then, bad and contracts you, you, you too. Get, like... You get... Make um, dry title in front of the media, and they're asking like, "How mad are you?" Like, of course he's pissed off. The, their goaltender has an eighty-six save percentage in the last two months. Like, he's got to be furious. Like, I'm at I'm at a point per game, but our goaltender can't save eighty-five percent of the shots he faces. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, not to mention that was the dumbest question I've heard since Dater asking McKinnon last, the, in last year's playoffs. Oh, Dater. Yes this the worst yeah um the, the funniest was that there's just uh, like there's been a really good fake jim matheson twitter account going for oh, a while now love that and he just steve. he just kept tweeting stuff <laughs> and then like real reporters like steve simmons and stuff were quote tweeting like defending jim matheson on a fake jim matheson account it was just all of it was just so what a gong perfect. show it was just yeah. so perfect all the old journalists just getting exposed just for being just but uh all right, we're going to move along here to the fantasy uh, part of today's show, but I just want to quickly mention, um, we're not going to talk about them at length, but I just want to mention, um, at least just to kind of help me sleep at night, I have shit on the New York Islanders plenty this season. Um, yeah. And they seem to be getting back into it. We mentioned at the start of the season that they went on a really long 13-game road trip to start the season. They started the year 4-9-5, and five, averaging just 1.9 goals for per game, um, 3.1 goals against per game. Since that uh, stretch, they've since gone 8-3-1, and one, 3.1 goals for per game, 2.3 goals against. Uh, we briefly talked about it last week, if there was maybe one team that could climb back into it in the East there, especially the Metropolitan Division. Um, and it seems like potentially it is the Islanders. They seem to be clawing back. Uh, the 
other night they 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 struggled a little bit against the Flyers, but uh, Ilya Sorokin absolutely stood on his head. So if they can continue to get goaltending like that from Sorokin, um, I think he's the guy that that is maybe a bit of a buy low candidate right now, just because he still seems to be sharing the crease with Varlamov. But he seems like a guy that could really end up getting an extended run um, because he's just outplaying Varlamov so drastically. So I I, I just you know. I've given plenty of, of hate to the Islanders this year. I just wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I shed a little bit of light yeah. on their pretty impressive recent run. I um, think we're watching just a classic case of just a team that, that, like, we know who this team is. We know their identity for the last three years. It's just coming around. Cold stretch at, at the beginning of the year. And people always talk about cold stretches at the beginning of the year because it's more noticeable. But now we're talking about the hot stretch. So there's your dues, Islanders. Just the complete opposite uh, of what the Oilers were getting yes. um, over that hot streak for the Islanders. And maybe this uh, <laughs> will speak to how unsustainable or potentially good Sorokin has been. But they lead the NHL in save percentage with a 943. <laughs> so uh, a lot of good goaltending. Um, really, really most of that coming from Elias Sorokin. So he is definitely somebody to keep uh, an eye on right now. Um, all right. Waiver Wire, uh, we got a pretty expansive list here. Um, a couple guys I just really want to shout out quickly because we don't need to talk about them at length. We've talked about them at length all season long, but their own percentage is are too low uh, for us where they are sitting currently right now. Uh, so the first one is going to be Kevin Fiala. He is 70% owned, but Fiala really seems to be picking up steam here for Minnesota. Um, really, really cold for a long stretch of time, but he's really picking up the pace as of late. Um, since December 9th, so his last 10 games, he has 10 points, 6 goals, 4 assists over that stretch, averaging nearly 3 shots per game. Uh, Matthew Boldy is sticking with the Wild. He's on in that line. Him and Boldy seem to have found instant chemistry. So Kevin Fiala, left wing, right wing, eligible, 70% owned. Carter Verhage, we talked about him last week, 66% owned, center left wing. He's on the top line with Alexander Barkov. Really not much needs to be added about that. Another Minnesota Wild, Matt Zuccarello, continues to play on the top line with Hartman. And... Uh, Kaprizov, they've been dominant all season long. Strictly right wing eligible. He's 53% owned, still too low. And then our boy, Jesper Bratt, 52% owned. Biebs, you kind of alluded to it last week. He uh, saw his own percentage dip pretty drastically after he got added to the COVID-19 protocol list. Um, it was around 70. Now it's yeah. at 52. It needs to definitely and be And what happened higher. when he came back? He came back tonight. He had one assist on the first goal. Classic Beautiful Jesper. assist. Classic Jesper. So Jesper <laughs> continues to be outstanding so uh, and, and definitely needs to be owned in much uh, higher than, what is it, 52%? 52, of yeah. Um, okay. There's, we're we're going to talk about a bunch of forwards and some goalies, but we just watched the um, Coyotes-Devils wrap-up. So we might as well jump into this one really quickly because he's probably maybe the most questionable guy on this list, but he's been absolutely <laughs> outstanding as of late. Um, the Arizona Coyotes, as a whole, have been outstanding um, lately. They've played much better. You Makes know, we, no sense. They, they beat the Leafs. Such Carl a Vimelka, stretch. Carl Vimelka stopped 45 <laughs> of 46 shots. Call their um, <laughs> tonight he stopped 35 or 36 in a huge win over the devils he he has been on a red hot stretch i'm not saying necessarily that this guy is a is a must own player he plays for the arizona coyotes after all a week ago they had seven wins but in cushy matchups this is a guy where if you're desperate for goaltending help can certainly be streamed one because he's been playing lights out two because you know the shot volume is going to be ridiculously high and if he has a good night 
he is going to give you uh, a huge boost in, in, in save percentage or, or in saves. And even on his bad nights, he's facing so many shots that when he gives up four, <laughs> he's still got like a 920 save percentage. It's crazy this was just a throwaway by Nashville, but I think that might also stand as a nice little thing for him. I mean, if you're an ex-Nashville goal, you just want to be paired to Nashville in any ways if you strap the pads on. That team produces. 25 years old, I think there's a reason why this is his first season in the NHL. Well, one, he was across the border. Yeah, but... he, he played He played like 100 years in the Czech League. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's. Uh, I, I think it's, I'm not jumping at the wire. I think 14% makes sense. Um, like you said, spot start, like tonight, you see New Jersey on the schedule. You see Buffalo coming around, Chicago. Any of those teams, I would not mind starting him. Um, but again, tonight, just to get the win, he had to, he had to make 30, 35, stops 35 shots, shots and, uh, Arizona pumped back a huge 17 total shots themselves. So they got to be on pace to be averaging the least amount of shots in the game, uh, in games with wins. But at the same time, uh, <laughs> you know what? That's, uh, all props to your boy, um, Carol Vamelka. So yeah, he was probably the most questionable. I just wanted to. Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out that he was winless in his first twelve appearances um, with an eight ninety seven save percentage. But even then, still had some big games in there. Um, so yeah, like you said, Brock, he's a super hit and miss and a super risky play. But I think he's one that like you know he's a great hail mary um, to opt for towards the end of the week because he has that big game potential. And we've seen some of his best games, his best performances have been in you know some really lopsided matchups. Um, like that crazy performance he had against the Leafs the other night. So, uh, yeah, had a really terrible start to the season. I think he's four and four in his last eight, uh, with a nine twenty two, and obviously some, you know, really mixed performances in there. So, uh, a really risky play, but I think, you know, one of the more interesting streaming options, um, that will be available for probably most of the season, unless he, you know, has a really sustained, uh, hot stretch but haven't seen that quite yet so i think he's going to be like i said just that hit or miss guy but yeah that big game potential is definitely intriguing high risk high reward guy for sure if you're if you're thirsty for a goalie start this week they got a back-to-back friday saturday against the islanders and the rangers if he gets that friday start against the islanders yeah and if you have the move like i'd honestly pick him up now and then just you know if you're if you don't really need to you know dedicate that acquisition or that roster spot elsewhere if maybe you've got a good start to the week um offensively I, I like i said you could pick them up now and then wait make the decision later in the week and and see if you really need to to risk it or not but if you're behind in goalie stats like i said it's just not it's not much better uh, hail mary plays that you'll find out there no um okay now let's talk about some forwards we'll get to the other goalies later but uh I just saw 35, 36, definitely worth a mention. Um, all right, Ivan Barbashev, he's already up to 66% owned, but I don't know if we've really talked about this guy nearly enough this season, especially in his last 19 games, he has 24 points, including 11 goals. Um, he did or does only have 34 shots on net over that span, 32% shooting percentage, but... He has been great all season long. I mean, if you look at his his season as a whole, 38 games, 34 points, 15 goals. I mean, he's on pace for over um, 70 points, on pace for over 30 goals. And he's currently centering the second line with Vladimir Tarasenko um, and Pavel Buchnevich as of this morning. So I don't know if there's really a better spot in that lineup than playing with Vladimir Tarasenko right now. And he's been uh, really, really good. Yeah, I'm guilty of dropping him in a league a couple weeks ago and watching someone picking him up and just just enjoying it. He went I, off I dropped, this week. Yeah, he was he was on the third line and it was like, well, he can't. He, you know, it's got to slow down. He can't be shooting 25 percent all year. 
Um, so he slowed it down, and he's now shooting 23.4, which is uh, very good, like you said, on a line there at Tarasenko. But I think at 66%, I think that's legit. If we're talking about Kevin Fiala at only 70, um, I mean, who would you rather have right now? I, I personally rather have Barbashov just with a hot hand, but I think around that range makes absolute sense. But as you mentioned, 23.4%. That's got to slow down at some point. This guy's had three years in the show now. It's not like this is, you know, like his first year. He's coming in, he's just hot. But at the same time, we're getting to that point in the year when, when we start saying if they got to slow down, he's still going to have a 17% shooting percentage if he even slows down just a little. Um, X-Leaf, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, D, I'll let you jump off of that one. Was he? Yeah, he was. He, uh... They he had not. He was drafted by St. Louis. <laughs> he was been with St. Louis the whole time. Wait, oh, I'm thinking of Bar Barabanov. My bad. Yeah. Um, totally other, other B. Yeah, absolutely different <laughs> player. This guy was drafted in the early second round in 2014. He had a 95-point campaign, 45 Ooh. goals in his last QMJHL season. It's, um, yeah, he's an, inter- he's an interesting one because, um, you know, he's never got any sort of run in that top six before, and he's done really well, mostly centering their fourth line. Like, he yeah. had... Back-to-back uh, double-digit goal seasons in 2018-19 and 2019-20. Uh, obviously, you know, the shortened year last year didn't get it done. But, um, yeah, 14 goals and then 11 goals. And, again, playing pretty much exclusively on that fourth line. There are some real red flags here. He does not shoot the puck a lot at all. He's got 64 shots in 38 games. Um, On-ice shooting percentage is 14.7%. So that is definitely going to come down. His personal shooting percentage is, sorry, 23%. Um, which is super high, but he's got a career shooting percentage of 18.6. Again, he doesn't shoot that much and he's been productive in a, you know, in a smaller role. Uh, You know, general wisdom would probably say, unless this guy's an absolute snipe show that's just been buried on the fourth line for five years, (laughs) the more exposure he gets, the more that career shooting percentage is going to drop. But either way, he's obviously a very like opportunistic and a very sharp shooter uh, and a very accurate shooter. So I I think 23%, it's not going to happen all year. Um, but I think he can easily maintain somewhere between 15 and, and 16%, like a really, you know, kind of elite personal shooting percentage in, in terms of what's uh, borderline sustainable. So on that line uh, too, he's going to get the first shot off. Yeah. Well, not the first shot. Option, he will get a better shot option with, you know, t- if Terrace Hank is on the line, you got to always have an eye on him. Yeah. So I honestly don't know what to make of it. Cause like, I don't think like the production at this rate is anywhere near sustainable, but he's also a guy that we've kind of been waiting to see get more run into the top six playing and, over four minutes more per game than he has at any point. In his yeah. Career. And he really had to earn it too. Right. Like he, again, he started this year in the bottom six as well and, and worked his way up the lineup. Um, so yeah, in the mo obviously he's a must own. Um, but yeah, in terms of predicting him moving forward, I think it's, it's a bit of a toss up because we've never yeah, seen you him. You got to think it, I don't, it's more like going to trend better. down than, than yeah. trend up. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But uh, so here, there's a couple other red flags um, other than just the statistical numbers, but that lineup being well just there's so much depth right i mean Braden shen robert thomas all of those guys at any point in in time can steal his spot he could find himself in the bottom six again but he's been so hot there's really no reason not to keep him up there um that you know they've really got that russian connection with tarasenko and barbish or uh buchnevich now see how long that can you know they decide to roll with that but uh, it's been a really, really impressive run. And, um, you know, maybe not somebody that's going to be a long-term ad, but if he's available in your league, they have a game Friday, Sunday this weekend, which is nice for streaming. And then if you look ahead to next week, they've got four games, including a game on Monday and Friday. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe he's an ad and somebody that, that cools off after next week. But for the next week and a half, I think he's certainly somebody that you should consider if you've got anything close to a questionable uh, roster spot right now. And if I got him right now, I'd probably be looking to move him. He's certainly not a guy that 
I would be targeting in a trade just because, like I said, I don't expect it to keep it up at this rate. I think he'd have to really improve some of those underlying numbers. So, yeah, there's nothing in it that says that at you know this level it's going to be sustainable. I think he's going to most likely be worth owning if he's playing in that top six the rest of the year. Um, but, yeah, I'd really be looking to move him right now if I do have him on my roster. I, I don't know if his value uh, is ever going to get much higher. Yeah, and to his trade value, too, a lot of people look at own percentage and kind of use that as a way to, to value and gauge a trade. And I, I don't think his own percentage will get much higher than it's ever been. Um, I mean, if he keeps it up, why not? But at the same time, we've seen guys get to that 70, and I think then we run into those leagues where people don't necessarily set lineups or don't necessarily pick up anyone or maybe just eight-team leagues. Um, but yeah, as he, when he's at 66%, you can swing him for, you know, someone else who's around that 66% who's a buy low. Yeah. Um, like I would, I would trade him for, for all right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would as well. Um, but for the next week, I'd probably want him just because, I mean, if you have the option between the two, but uh, long-term feel all day, I would do that deal. Um, you know, we've seen Kevin get hot a lot more than we've seen Ivan get hot. Yeah. He just fires the puck. We love yeah. that. We love when Kev shoots. <laughs> Absolutely. Love that. Um, Okay, so last week we talked about, or mostly me, you guys kind of shot it down a little bit, um, Trevor Moore. Yeah. Uh, I talked about how, you know, Trevor Moore has been outstanding because that second line for the Kings is just ridiculous. Philip Tineau has just really moved his game from Montreal to LA, and they are just one of the most dominant lines in hockey as a result. So uh, we won't talk about Trevor Moore anymore, although he's I, slowed I, I down. did need to bring him up because he's slowed he, down. He, he is 16% owned, and I do still think that he's worthwhile in deeper leagues. But Victor Arvidsson... Beebs picked him up for the record after giving you flack. I did. It. I picked him up because they had a nice schedule, and then you know what, you know what he did? He's got, he's he got did pointless nothing, in two bro. games, He did man. nothing for two games, so he's back out there. It's Pretty actually group. Beebs' fault. Yeah. Cool, it's probably your fault, yeah. And one of those games was against the Lightning and, and, yeah. and uh, I'm building a dynasty. Andre Vasilevsky. For so. Anyways, um, so we're not going to talk about Trevor Moore anymore. Thank God. Um, Victor Arvidsson, though, is the other winger on that line. He's 42% owned. Left wing, right wing eligible. Uh, obviously, you know, if, if Trevor Moore is popping off, if Philip Deneau is popping off, you know Victor Arvidsson is as well. Um, since the uh, turn of the calendar year to 2022, Victor Arvidsson has three goals, 10 points in eight games. A guy that we know shoots the puck a ton, 24 shots over that span, shooting just 12.5%. Uh, again, that line is averaging over 43 scoring chances, 4 per 60 they are dominant night in and night out. Um, you know, specifically in matchups where they're not going up against absolute juggernauts like the the Lightning. Like when they're playing just anybody on the West Coast or, or some of those, you know, mid- middle of the pack or lesser quality teams, they are having success on a nightly basis. So, um, you know, against the, the Avalanche tomorrow night, Probably not a chance that they're, you know, a night that they're going to have a great evening. But Sunday in New Jersey, they're probably all going to pop off. So make sure Arvidsson, maybe Trevor Moore, maybe Philip Deneau is Trevor in your lineup on Sunday. And uh, and then looking forward to next week, they've got four games, also including a game Monday and Sunday. Um, so yeah, Arvidsson to me, always a guy we talk about a lot and a line that's dominating right now. Yeah, um, I think we've, I, I know you mentioned him pretty much right off the hop this season and we've kept going back from because really nothing's changed. And I think he's just set up really nicely there. Obviously you talked about how much or how big of a benefit the has been. Um, 
the numbers with Kopitar when he was playing with him in terms of scoring chances and, and high danger chances, not that far off either. So I think like, like I said, he's in a really nice spot there that even if they do shuffle the lines a little bit, it's hard to imagine him not playing with either one of Dano and Kopitar. He's exclusively been with one of those two this season. Um, and both of those guys are just going to afford him a lot of time in the offensive zone and uh, give him, a, give him as many chances as he needs to fire the puck, which he loves to do almost four times a game this season. So yeah, there's just a lot of reasons to like him. Um, and I, you know, the, un, he's had a productive season, 24 points in 33 games, uh, and the underlying numbers suggest that it could even be better moving forward. So and he, I, yeah, he's the one guy that really seems to like just as much as, uh, playing with, with good centers like Kopitar and, and Deneau, he seems to be helping those lines just as much because both Kopitar and yeah. Deneau's 5v5 numbers do take a pretty significant dip when Arvinson is not on that line. Well, so it makes I'm, sense like because a lot of those numbers are derived around shooting attempts, right? And yes. He's just so, and he just loves to shoot the puck. So productive at uh, getting into shooting areas and, and actually getting decent opportunities to shoot the puck. So, yeah. One thing that helps him, too, is LA's deep in a young sense, which I don't think necessarily you can trust an Alex Turcotte in your top six yet. You can't trust, you know, uh, Kurasev or Pari. There we go. Can't trust him in your top six. <laughs> you can trust Arvidsson up there. It's just it's 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 a um, very strong potential bottom six. But as far as the top six goes, this guy kind of has to be there to complete it all. Um, I, 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 he's shooting eight percent on the year. That that's ridiculous for Victor. Eleven point one percent career shooter, and that's across a lot of games. Um, and shooting <laughs> a very a, lengthy. Yeah, career. shooting a ton of pucks in Nashville. Um, so you know it's only going to get better for Victor. And I think when he does, I think those assist numbers are nice that we're seeing there. As much as uh, as much as his whole year as a total might not look super great, um, 15 assists from Victor Arvidsson is, is great because you know that puck's going to start going in the net. Uh, on pace for 283 shots on the season, which would be by far and away his career high. We like um, that. Moving on, Travis Konechny. So Konechny is, is probably somebody that most people wouldn't be talking about yeah, um, like it. yet because he, he, he's just starting to warm back up. But... If, if we've learned anything from Travis Konechny, it's when Konechny gets hot, Konechny gets very hot. He has goals in back-to-back games. He's been relied upon heavily because this lineup is beat up. They, they've really put him in, in, in the most prominent role that you could be on in that team. It's top power play unit, top line. Um, he's got goals in back-to-back, as I mentioned. And then even just going back um, to the early parts of December, he has 12 points in 15 games. So those were his first two goals um, since November 18th. So I'm not necessarily saying rush to the wire for no. sure, but this is certainly a, a situation worth monitoring because, as I mentioned, when this boy gets hot, he scores goals in bunches. So maybe this is this is a, a, a spot where um, you can kind of be early rather than late on, on Travis Konechny. And looking ahead uh, to the rest of this week, um, the uh, Flyers have a game tomorrow and a game Saturday. It's not necessarily the greatest uh, streaming schedule, obviously, but... Uh, against Columbus and Buffalo. So two teams not necessarily known for stopping pucks. I'm just going to need some more PP time from them. We were seeing close to 20 minutes in December, which was great. Love to see that. But now we're back to about the 15-minute mark where we've been used to seeing Travis in his career, unfortunately. So personally, um, like you said, maybe like I'm out. Um, if you're in a deeper league, you are. we are seeing this percentage go down. So maybe you can get in on him. I mean, 28% is kind of crazy for Travis Konechny, even still. Um, filling that, that not very solid right-wing hole. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, like you said, if you want to take a, take a risk now on him, go for it personally though. Uh, got to shut down Chatham. Hard Chatham pass Trav. on Travis connecting. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm into it. I, I think, you know, for all the reasons you listed Brock, he's getting all the run in that team and he, the shot volume is back up. Um, 
I know you could probably do this with, with every player's cold stretch and make it look like they're actually having a decent season, but Konechny obviously had that really terrible run through November. He had a 13-game stretch where he had just two points. Uh, and again, this is being really generous to Travis, but if you do take that run away and look at that nice start to the season he's had and then that last whatever it was, 10 13 or 13 games. Yeah, 13-game stretch that you alluded to, that's 20 points in 24 games. Again, if you want to turn a blind eye to that cold streak. And I don't mind doing that because, it, you know, this is kind of what we've been expecting of Konechny the last few seasons, especially now that he is getting that little bit extra ice time. Yes, to Beavis' point, he could still be better. Um, but I do think that just with his potential and, and the upside that he's flashed in his you know career to this point, um, just the, the thought and the fact right now that he's getting that first line usage in and that power play time, to me, is enough to say that you know he should be owned right now. Yeah, and, and this might be the first time in a season where he um, approaches and eclipses um, – 200 shots on goal. I realized today that I was looking at the old roster, so that's why I didn't think he was getting PP time. Because I was looking oh, at Daily yeah, Faceoff. That's how I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah, um, Daily Faceoff had a day today. Um, we don't we don't like to talk yeah, about it. But, so, I mean, he he's still... He, and you're not... To your point, you're not wrong. He, he had... They, <laughs> I realized that. I'm like, that, shit, he was on the third line today. I yeah, swear. No, he... He's moved up the lineup now, playing with Scott Lawton, really trying to just drag that second line to any sort of... of um, respectability Relevance. with with Sean Couturier out of the lineup but um you know he, he's bounced up from the top unit to the second unit they've been just really trying to find goal scoring but Travis Konechny might be one guy that you want to be early on here um all right let's talk about a, a trio of Buffalo Sabres here Woo! um you've got Alex Tuck Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson uh Tage Thompson is 26% owned I believe you got Skinner at 11% owned Tuck at um 22% owned and you know Taylor Thompson had to miss the game in Ottawa due to COVID-19, but this is, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is their top line um, right now. So it was also due to like, like he would have been fine if the game was played in. Yeah. It was just, States. he couldn't, he yeah, just couldn't so travel. Was exactly. the game, yeah. So um, Tuck is a guy we talked about last week. We don't need to beat the drum too much uh, there, he but needs he, to get picked he does up have more, 15 though. shots in seven games, which is um, improving considering. I think we said he had like one shot in his first three. So uh, his last four games, two, two, four and three. So the shot volume seems to be improving um, his last four games. He's averaging around 20 minutes a night, which is incredible. 18 and a half minutes total in seven games, seven points in seven games for Alex Tuck. Not yeah. really too much more we need to talk about. This is basically all the minutes that we wanted him to ever get in Vegas, now getting it in Buffalo. If he plays 20 minutes a night, he's going to be a horse. Yeah, I mean, that- ideally, he'd be getting those 20 minutes in Vegas, but you yeah. know, we'll take it. One yeah. thing that I do like is Tage Thompson is back. He hasn't had a run with him, and this is clearly the top center in Buffalo, so that can only help out. Tage Thompson's been outstanding. Yeah. So Tage Thompson, um, uh, we talked about him quite a bit at the start of the season. He did run, Dage, he did Dage. run cold there for a little bit. Uh, seems to be heating back up a little bit as of late. Again, missed some time, but does have six points in his last six games. Um, Tage Thompson certainly somebody to look at. Talk uh, about nine million Jeff. So, he, but hold on, Tage Thompson oh, really quickly, just so also exciting. one of the top shooting options, if not the top shooting option on their top power play unit. You always love to see that. Uh, Jeff Skinner, I tweeted out the other day. It almost seems as if. Jeff Skinner was misutilized in the bottom six um, with Cody Eakin in Buffalo a season ago. I don't know if that surprises anybody, but now all of a sudden, Jeff Skinner's in the top six. He's playing 16, 17 minutes a night. He has six goals in his last 10. He has eight points in his last 10. He has 3.3 shots per game over that span. Jeff Skinner seems to be back. Let me just uh, let me just drop some numbers for you here. Last seven games, Alex Tuck, two goals, five assists. Last seven games, Jeff Skinner, five goals, two assists, playing pretty much attached to each other's hips. 
I don't think that's a that, that's a that's a coincidence whatsoever. Um, it's actually crazy to think that this guy was a 40 goal goal scorer in 2018 2019. Feels like it was probably about seven eight years ago. I think he was gracing the cover of Chell at those points, which was just bonkers, making nine mil. As was he actually mentioned. on the cover of Chell? He 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 appeared. I, I don't know if it was like a split cover. I'll look into it. We'll figure it out. I could just be off today. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, we're talking about, uh, a, again, a guy to put up 40 in the NHL, you got to have something right going in your career. He did it, got close multiple, multiple seasons as well in Carolina. Um, he just did for the record, it, Buffalo. it just does not look like he was ever on the cover of All right, there you go. <laughs> did not make it then. I thought he did. Um, that would have been outrageous. I, I thought he did when he was out in, uh, was Carolina. Was Cam Ward? Just, he was. Carol- yeah, he that's, did. That's the hurricane. No, Stahl was. Stahl was. So Cam Ward wasn't. Cam- why, why would Cam Ward ever be on the cover of NHL? I don't know. He was a stud. <laughs> Eric Stahl definitely was, though. Yeah. yeah. Stahl was the face of that team. I think Ward did win that con Smythe, though, right? Yeah, he won the con Smythe. So that, I thought that earned him honors, but I guess we just have – we are not yeah. brushed up Jeff on Skinner just So if you're trying to market a video game, a you're like, yup, Cam Ward, throwing him <laughs> um, Canada's third best goalie for Who like is that running years. back from the, from the Cleveland Browns? Peyton? Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis. <laughs> That was the ultimate Madden curse. Yeah, he was on Madden cover, so anything can He was happen. a beast that one year. Um, <laughs> he was crazy. Yeah, I, I think Skinner's just a guy that when he's hot, he, you kind of just need to pick him up and respect the upside. Obviously, um, you know, this could all fall apart within a week. Oh, yeah, playing back to line three. The, yeah, that's the biggest issue, right? It's just like that role is just far from concrete. But, yeah, he scored 40 goals a couple years ago in Buffalo. I'm um, sure, you know, Jack Eichel was there. Yeah. Whatever. 114 shots, too. I mean, <laughs> we're, uh, we're a podcast that often gets quite – excited over shots and uh that's on pace for almost 250 on that's a year. more than he had a season ago in 53 games well yeah because he was playing eight minutes a night 14 and a half. he's I playing mean, over two minutes a night more this season but yeah the shot volume is is definitely um a really nice return there shooting 12 percent. he's a career 10 percent, 10.8 percent shooter so um yeah i think it's a nice little story here for uh buffalo that top Excuse me, that top line looks like they can be pretty solid. Yeah, someone's got a score. We talk exactly, about it yeah. often, and uh, he seems like he might be the guy right now. Uh, Victor Olofsson was the guy for a while, and, yep. and now here. Also, it was definitely Stahl on the cover, not Jeff Skinner. Yes. Way bigger legend. All right, um, now we're going to get into some lower-owned options, some deeper league targets, and we'll kind of just pick through him, uh, through them here and name our favorites. But uh, Max Comtois, left wing, right wing eligible, uh, for the Ducks, 9% owned. Um, I mainly included him on this list because, well, one, his production has actually been pretty solid since returning to the lineup, um, but he is playing on the wing with Trevor Zegers. Um, while we were recording this podcast, the Anaheim Ducks hit the ice for warm-ups, suddenly decided that Trevor Zegers is a winger again, and moved him to Ryan Getzlaff's wing, and now Max Comtois is playing with Sam Steele, which is horrendous. Yeah. So um, if he is not playing with Trevor Zegers, Max Comtois, not worth it. But he does have six points. Um, or sorry, my mistake here. Let me just recorrect this. Since he's returned to the lineup, five and um, seven. since he's returned to the lineup, he has five points in seven games, two goals, three assists. So playing with Jeff Skinner, or uh, Jesus Christ, playing with Trevor Zegers, he should be fine. Um, anywhere else in that lineup, though, it's really not worth it right now. Maybe he just if he needs, ends up with Getzlaff, is fine. He just needs the minutes more than anything. Like He was pretty impressive last year, uh, 33 points in 55 games, yep. playing 15 minutes a night, and he's been getting less than that this year for whatever reason. Like He's a guy I feel like he, you would want to figure out exactly what you have in him because it does seem like there could be some some more upside there than you know yeah. what he's kind of shown in the his brief career so far. Because, yeah, last year was really – uh, a really nice season for him so hopefully he gets the minutes um but yeah for one maybe for now maybe one that you just kind of 
file away for later. But uh, yeah. super interesting guy in keeper leagues if you're having a tough year or if you got the open roster spot. Because, yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, where he could be at in a couple of years if he really gets the, the full run of ice time. I think they wanted to, but the 1.14 games to start the year kind of worked his way back down that lineup. But now we're seeing some guys go out in this. Well, like he was injured said, for a pretty long might be what we need. Yeah, I'm yeah, just thinking like... Still 1-14 to start the year. That's like get you sent down the AHL. Yeah, I'm just thinking two or three years down the line, like him and Zegers playing 18, 19 minutes yeah. a night well, Sonny on the side? Sonny's got to be there. Yeah, maybe. Sonny, I feel Sonny like Milano, maybe Ricky Raquel like kind of has a bit of a throwback get Ricky here. Ricky out of here. Sonny Milano and Trevor Zegers, it's, if for yeah. whatever reason, when, when they're not together, Zegers struggles. Yeah, they got to be together. Well, because they can't do fun shit. Well, you, he can. It's you got to also just like respect Max Comtois for just taking it on the chin after like Canada decided to turn on the poor kid. Yeah, but people don't forget. <laughs> like even, even doing the research today, I was like, <laughs> remember that? That guy throwing, just doing dumb shit in the, in the World Juniors and getting tons of penalties. Well, well he liked to, he missed that my sh- problem, penalty shot. Yeah, he did that as it's well. It's not I soccer, right? It's not, yeah. a, it's not a penalty. Like, it's not like the pressure is like the only thing. that You want your best shootout guy there. So yeah. that was my biggest issue. Yeah. With it. Oh, it was, that was, but the coach let like him take child. it. You know, the coach let him take it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just a child. Respect I mean, on him for stepping up and wanting to take it, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll always respect Max Comptoir for that. So deserves a shout-out at 9%. Craig Smith, uh, another guy we talked about last week. I don't think we, again, need to beat the drum too much here, but he's still playing on the top <laughs> line with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Again, not many opportunities um, in the NHL where you're going to score more goals playing with those guys. But this guy's always been um, kind of, we've championed him on this podcast because of his shot volume in, in the past. Uh, he has 26 shots in his last eight games, which is aw- You just love to see that. Um, I always get surprised when I pull up his hockey reference page and it's not Mike Fisher's headshot. Like they're just the very same. Similar. Yeah. They're the same person. Same hair, yeah. kind of ish. Yeah. Just yeah. not married to uh, Carrie Underwood. Yeah, yeah it's a big, Craig big stipulation. Yeah. I feel like they should all just be married to country music stars, you know? If you're in Nashville, just all. Yeah. yeah. Why not? It's, just, it's a natural fit. That's yeah. why Ellis had to leave. <laughs> I'm creating rumors now. Uh, <laughs> that's why he had to go to Philly. He wasn't married to a country star. They kicked him go. out. Got the boot. Is he married from a girl from here? He is. Yeah. Went to our high school. If anyone, if anyone <laughs> Never wanted. heard you say that. Yeah, anyone um, wondered. So, yeah, I, it's Craig Smith, like, I, again, I don't think much needs to be yeah. said. The guy like He to should be more than 10. Though. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, yeah. that's what we're talking about. He's only 9% always playing with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Yeah, I'd start I mean, him every night of the week if he's on that line. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I, I guess we could just as easily still throw Eric Howland in the mix. He's 5% owned. Same Actually, thing. he's playing with Pasternak and Hall. He's, Craig Smith, six shots in the last game, mm-hmm. five shots in the game before. He, it's, yeah, 28 so. shots in his last eight games. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's incredible. Kind of, yeah, and only one goal. So, I mean, the pucks are going to go in. So, we're talking about him. Kind of like Puck's not going in, and uh, it's going to start working. And he's st- it, 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 it's looking nice. We thought maybe that that breakup of the line it's wasn't going to be still kind of one of the focal points on their second power play unit as well. Like yeah. not, not a unit that sees a lot of run. But um, all right, Jason Zucker back in the lineup uh, scored two goals in his return to the lineup, playing 15 and a half minutes with Evgeny Malkin. Um, so Zucker is obviously a guy that's been pretty streaky throughout his NHL career. Um, you know, has a 30 goal season, uh, quite a few 20 goal seasons. Started the year off ice cold as a whole. Um, after sorry, uh, after he scored or before he scored two goals the other night, he was shooting just like four percent, I think, four point nine percent on eighty-one shots. He had four goals in thirty games prior to that, so ice cold to start. Um, but a guy that's always been a pretty good uh, scorer, shooting a career twelve point three percent, and just you know returns the lineup. He's on a line with Evgeny Malkin. Again, you know, we're just looking for opportunity when you get to this part of the of the waiver wire. We're diving real deep here, but we're just looking for guys that like to shoot the puck and guys that get plenty of opportunity, and Jason Zucker certainly fits that mold. 
Yeah, 5% is a little, uh, I kind of feel bad for the guy. I mean, obviously you talked about it, slow start, been injured, but 5% for Jason Zuck, this has got to be like his career low. Um, yeah, I mean, anyone attached to the hip of Malkin is nice. And, uh, I mean, we were talking about Kasperi Kapanen last week because he could be right there. So I think we also got to mention Jason Zucker, who shoots more than Kasperi Kapanen and is just a bigger Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Brock. You just don't find that kind of um, that kind of volume and a player, you know, with getting that kind of opportunity uh, that far down the, the waiver wire. So, yeah, yeah, I think it should definitely be higher. Um, you know, certainly not a must-own, but it could be a really good spot start in standard leagues. and One more um, good game. He should be owned in deeper not. leagues, though. That's why that's why it should be higher. But. Yeah, one more good game, and I think we're looking at him at, like, 30%, which yeah. is kind of why I jump on him now. Uh, Matt Boldy, um, I mentioned him. He's st- sticking with the Wild for now. Uh, one of the more highly touted prospects in the NHL. He's picked up four points, two goals, two assists in his first four games. He looks like he's a, a, a surefire stud uh, for the Wild. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, with, with Joel Erickson Eck back in the lineup, this line might see a little bit less minutes than they did in their first couple games, but he seemed to have found instant chemistry um, with Kevin Fiala. Both of his assists are primary assists on Kevin Fiala goals. Uh, he had 10 points in 10 games in the AHL. He was the number 12 pick overall in 2019, tore up at Boston College. Just uh, He's pretty much dominated every step of the way and seems to really be fitting in and doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, you know, Unlike Marco Rossi, who was quickly sent back, just they have pretty good center depth there. Um, Boldy seems like a guy that could stick with the, uh, the Wild for the time being at just 4% only. 28 points in 24 career AHL games, too. Very so good. That's nice, yeah. Um, great productivity or great production there. And, and yeah, certainly um, seems like there could be a, a lot of upside here. So, um, yeah, it's obviously, you know, hard to predict at this point when he's only got four games into his career. But, you know, a lot of um, kind of nice indicators that we've seen so far. Um, and, yeah, probably worth the risk taking on at this point because, again, it's just it's hard to find that kind of upside where you kind of have a player with uncapped potential, you know, on the wire. Cause again, we don't, we don't really know how it's going to work out and he's getting a lot of Point minutes off the so hop. And yeah. hasn't even touched power play. It hasn't had a sniff. No, top power play unit though. And he, he he's really been yeah. the guy that's kind of come in and try to fix, fix this power play yeah. unit. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those units with Eric's neck back. But Boldy, I think is still going to be a central figure on the half wall for the wild on that power play. He's been really, really important for them in his little four game stretch. If you like watch them too, he absolutely takes over. Like he drives that line it's kind of crazy like he wants that puck on his stick and he's the guy bringing it in you know kind of setting shit up you don't see that from kids who are four games deep it's 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 kind of wild and it's scary and uh and i i think we're watching a a kid who's very comfortable in the league and i think that's only going to help him for fantasy wise um it is worth mentioning here sorry i'm just trying to pick up their uh pick up their schedule they've got two games against the blackhawks uh, on Friday and Saturday. So pretty Point nice night. matchup there, especially because one of those games you're going to expect Marc-Andre Fleury will not be between the pipes. Um, and then next week they've got three games, including a Monday, Friday, Sunday. So real nice streaming week for Matt Boldy next week as well. I think it's a good time to get to him. Um, and then Byron Bader, one of the, the better hot hockey prospect models out there, hockeyprospecting.com, absolutely loves Boldy. And uh, I, I trust a lot of what Byron says. So if he's going to say that um, you know, Boldy is one of the top prospects in the NHL. I will buy into this early hot stretch. Um, speaking of top prospects, our last sword to talk about just 2% owned, but it's Cole Perfetti. Uh, we saw him play pretty well in the brief time he had at the World Juniors before they shut that shit down. Um, he has one goal in five games for the Jets, but I think the most important part of this is that he's playing on the second line with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. Um, I think one could argue that 
this is actually their top line and pretty much yeah. has been for the season. Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois um, have been outstanding for the Jets all season long. Um, now Nikolai Ehlers went down with an injury. He's expected to miss some time. Unclear just how much. Paul Stastny will return in his spot. But now that Ehlers is out and Stastny's back, there's no real issue, no real, um, nobody really pushing Perfetti for that spot with Connor and Dubois. He looked really, really comfortable comfortable there yesterday. Also seeing some um, playing time on the second unit. So Cole Perfetti in Super Deep Leagues, we did mention him last week as somebody they should probably pick up in, um, you know, Keeper, Dynasty Leagues, pick him up now. 15 points in 17 games in the AHL, had 26 and 32 uh, in the AHL last year. Again, six points in two games at the World Juniors. So um, really looks like a kid that's going to put up some points. Yeah, this is like, this is arguably one of the top scoring prospects that we've seen in the last five years in general. Um, And it's just, I mean, 2%, I'm surprised that he hasn't jumped up just strictly off the name. Like you said, you can't really get a much better line than Dubois and Connor. And Dubois's like a huge safety net just strictly off of his defensive play, which is only going to help Perfetti more allow him to focus strictly on offense, which that's all he has to worry about. Um, Obviously he's a winger. He's not contributing much to the defensive end, but at the same time, it's a guy you just want ripping shots. And, uh, and and as you mentioned that Ehlers injury, as much as it does suck, um, Ehlers having kind of a a down year this year and to see that happen in just kind of a dirty play, it's not really great ever unless uh as you mentioned you like perfetti and you want to see him flourish a little bit he's going to get that room going to be able to do a couple couple cool things here and i think it's going to be a fun little run that we're going to watch until at least Steelers comes back so i i like perfetti i think he should be up around the 10 to 15 percent own percentage before people realize what line he's on yeah i think obviously there's a there's a ton of upside there in the short term you know obviously it's really nice that he is getting that exposure um right now he's not getting as much usage as you know boldly like we talked about before so i think in the short term I'd rather Boldy, but obviously another guy uh, with just a you know, whole lot of upside Yeah, tons. Uh, moving forward. but um, Okay, let's talk about some goalies. Uh, we're going to start at 68% on um, Biebs. I know you laughed at me at the start, but I, I think Alex Nedeljkovic <laughs> does ger- deserve a little bit more credit than – um, he's getting seventy or sixty nine percent owned. Sixty eight percent. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's it is pretty lot. high as it is. But I, there's eighteen leagues. But it, it is it is well deserved in my opinion. Since the middle of November, um, five hundred record, which is obviously not, not outstanding, great. but a nine twenty two save percentage. I mean, I don't know what more you really want. Um, oh, again, that's good. I, I think that this is probably a, a guy that's like the perfect number three goalie on your fantasy roster. Um, because you don't have to play him every single night, every single matchup. But when he's in there, he normally plays pretty well. I mean, like even in tougher matchups, you got him against the Jets. He's, he loses, but he stops 29 of 30. Um, you've got him against the uh, the Hurricanes. I mean, gives up four, but 28 of 32. I mean, he's still, you know, the Avalanche stopped 36 of 39. I mean, if we're going to talk about Carvel Melka uh, as a guy that you can play in easier matchups, I think as a number three goalie, Nadelkovich, if you need some help in net, is, you know, people might just look at Detroit and be like, they still suck. But it's, it's just that, like, he's 69% owned. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I, my thing is, there's eight team leagues where well, they sure. might only need to for run sure. one goalie but, or two but, goalies. And that makes sense for that 31% we're not seeing there. I don't think 31% of the leagues are eight team leagues. Yeah. Like, I think no. you could probably have him around 75, 85%. <laughs> you're really owned. pushing this. Yeah, one. you're pushing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pumped because I, when I saw the name, I even said I laughed because I was like, that was a pretty cool shutout the other night. It was a lot of fun. Novel- Nodelkovich is fun. 
Um, and you know what? Like in the leagues that he's not owned, he's probably getting picked up every other night that they have a nice start. So I think that's fair. But uh, but yeah, like he's ahead of Elvis. He's ahead of yeah. Quick. Elvis Blackwood. is another guy that's up there and owned percentage. Yeah. Of like I'd rather have him than obviously Vimelka, but one's sixty eight percent owned and one's fourteen. So it's one of them. I'm gonna get uh, yeah, I think it's that's a totally appropriate um number for uh, uh you know. all right Beebs wanted, he's performed well but he I, still plays for the Reds. hey i wanted to show his bias early in the episode i guess i'm showing mine now <laughs> i like it and yeah. i mean if we're picking guys that are like five percent under the ownership they should be at we could be here all night it's all it's all well, yeah saying. yeah but I'm, i said 85 he's playing great man. i got he's playing, he's playing great. great all right fine fuck you guys he I is can, playing good though I'll james reimer that. another goaltender that's playing <laughs> terrific hockey yeah. uh, as you mentioned um i think we talked about it pre-show uh, I had him as one of my top goalies to play the other night in, in DraftKings for a free preview. Hopefully, you guys check that out. He stops 39 of 41 in a win. It was also his first start in over two weeks. Um, so, this guy's been really, really good. Dating back to basically the end of um, February or November, excuse me. In his last 12, he's gone 8 and 4 with a 903 save percentage, but he had two real ugly outings in the mix. The the rest of it's been pretty good. Um, we're not going to go full Travis connect me on him, but if you take out those couple ugly performances, um, the numbers have been pretty solid and uh, on the season, 918 Travis. save percentage. And this is just really a sharks team that um, has been pretty damn good all season long. Um, they've been again, much better than people probably expected them to be. Um, you know, they're not the best defensive team, but they're certainly not the worst. They're probably middle of the pack. And that's just enough for, for a guy like James Reimer, um, to have success. And, you know, James Reimer probably, um, pretty fantasy relevant at times. Normally a guy that's just hovered around the career or the, uh, the league average and save percentage. He's basically about as average of a goaltender as you can get. But when he's getting, you know, most of the starts, which he is when he's healthy, um, behind a pretty good team. I think he's a decent option at, at 47% owned. Yeah, see, if you flipped him and Ned's percentage and then you're trying to make that case for Ned, I would totally get it. Um, well, if Ned was 47% owned, I'd talk about him every week. Yeah, no, that'd be bonkers. But yeah, James Reimer, I think uh, with this last month, you mentioned it, couple two bad games there. We've kind of seen him come back down to earth. He was having a like, Vesna-esque year for a while there. Um, but yeah, I mean, 47%, he's a, he should definitely be more owned. That team is a lot better than we thought they were. To start the year, you mentioned it. Um, we're watching him put up a 920. Even if he drops down to a 910, he's done it a ton of times on way worse teams. Um, you know, I like James Reimer. It's good to see him get his dues. And, you know, Aiden Hill's not taking anyone's job anytime soon. So. <laughs> yeah, I think the only reason he's as low as he is because he was injured, right? So yeah. now is definitely the time Scoop to pick him up. up. Honestly, like five days ago is probably the time to pick him up. But mm-hmm. We um, only record once a week. What do you guys want? Yeah, exactly. Us? But if he's still available, yeah, definitely. And, and you need any sort of goaltender help, I think he's actually like a, a really reliable yeah, really starter. Yeah. Um, I have Elvis in a league and, and Bennington and, you know, Reimer would be probably nicer to have than either of those two right now, just given the situations that they're each they're reaching on their own squad. If you're listening to this show on Friday, make sure you run to the wire and scoop them up. In, in Seattle, most likely you're going to start tomorrow. Uh, can't ask for a much better matchup. And then you can confidently sit his ass on your bench on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's the nice thing about having a mediocre goalie. You don't have to make tough yeah. decisions. I want to point play. out that Elvis and Bennington aren't my only goalies. I also have Campbell and Frank Coos. I just want that want that to be known. <laughs> I just kind of realized like my credibility to take a big hit if people just thought I was I was content with Bennington and Elvis as my only two goalies right now. So Adam Fox just had the biggest night of all time. Um, next week, the Sharks... Timo have Meyer begs to differ. Yeah, Boom. true. Um, the Sharks have three games next week. 
Um, Wednesday in Washington also uh, got a Sunday game. But they play Washington, Florida, and Carolina. So maybe this isn't the best time sure. to pick him up. But that Seattle game is looking pretty juicy on the schedule. Um, all right, you just men- mentioned Pavel Francouz. Frankie. He is 41% owned, getting the nod again tonight. Um, it is a back-to-back, but he is seemingly carving into that workload as we expected. We mentioned him weeks ago before he even was healthy that you needed to add him then and uh, and and get ready for him to take over this job. All he's done in his last four games is win all four of them. 908 save percentage, but if they can just get anything around a 908 save yeah. percentage, he's going to start every game. That's the key, right? They yeah. don't need a goalie to win them games. They just need a goalie not to lose them games. Um, and yeah, I think there's a real chance that he ends up getting a, a good chunk of this job. You know, Kemper, as, as Biebs, you talked about before the show, he's obviously had some issues staying healthy and, and the fact that he just got banged up. And yeah, I think even if they felt, you know, that Kemper was a hundred percent, the number one guy that Frankie would play a lot more, um, than most backups because they're going to look, you know, they're, they're going to look to, you know, definitely not overburden, um, Kemper, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's borderline been outplaying him. He hasn't been playing fantastic. Um, to your point, Brock, but but like I said, he's just he's keeping them in games and and he's letting the offense um, and and the you know eighteen guys in front of him basically do the job and and, and win the games that they that they should win, which is going to be most of them. So yeah, I think we're finally catching pe- or fine, finally seeing people catch on to the Frankie train. Fifteen uh, percent in the last couple of days have been added to that own percentage. Obviously, seeing that Kemper injury, yeah, brutal from Greenway. Seeing that um, he's back, a he's bit. fine. I know, he yeah, is I back. know, he is that back was... tomorrow. But, uh, disappointed. I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah, thank I God. I was disappointed. Because um, if not, that would not be a good way to go down. Um, yeah, I don't think that Colorado expected to, to realistically get this out of Frank Hughes. So it is a massive bonus. This is a fair own percentage for him. It should go up if we continue to see this. Um, we we don't we mentioned in most episodes, but Kemper really hasn't solidified that job there. Um, well, yeah, we mentioned like that they've got basically a bottom five or bottom ten save percentage yeah. as a whole, and and Francois is playing pretty well, so that shows what Kemper's doing. Yeah, um, I've uh, you know I pop off every episode about this guy, so I don't want to get too crazy. Well, I think like obviously too like right on the season this year nine oh two save percentage, but in forty one career starts he has a nine twenty one save percentage, legitimately yeah. Yeah. good goalie, and he's still who coming was back. Terrific from... in the KHL, he had like a nine fifty in the KHL. Yeah. Still coming back from like two years off too. You got to imagine he's only what four or five games deep. He's well, he's still not... nine games, including his oh, four okay, games that he played in Colorado with are the Colorado oh, NHL with, team. With yeah, yeah, so so he yeah so at the NHL level, you know, it, it, he's still not hundred percent. We're gonna see a little bit better. I think uh, the people who do have him this forty one percent, you're gonna be laughing for the rest of the year. You're he should be. He, he's like so. We talked about no We talked about Reimer, but but Francois is really the guy that needs to be owned in this in this territory. Yes, Billy uh, Huso uh, has played very very well. Um, you know. Uh, B or sorry D, we we know that you know you just said you own Jared Bennington in the league, and you will know firsthand of the struggles that he's had. Sure, um, you should ask who owns Billy in that league. Uh, so I'm assuming <laughs> Beebs owns Billy, who is currently on a four-game <laughs> yeah. winning streak. Uh, well, I said I guess three games. One of them was a uh, a uh, relief appearance, but four no hasn't lost in his last four appearances with a 9.39 save percentage. Um, honestly, on the season, he's just been really solid. 10 games, 6-2-1, and one, a 9.33 save percentage. Um, it, it's really kind of questionable, to say the least, that they just keep going back to Biddington, who, who has struggled for the most part, um, particularly of late. And uh, Well, he hasn't been terrible either, right? Like, he hasn't been as... 5-6-1 in his last 12 with an 8.93 save percentage. Yeah. It's not great. Not when, not when your other goalies put up a 930. And you're Sorry, I was, I was speaking for, you know, gradually for the whole season, like yeah. a, a 908 with that poor stretch. Um, yeah, the biggest issue has been the fact that Huso is just playing 
really, really well. But I mean, Bennington won them a cup, right? Like I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, he's been, uh, really solid for them. And he, he, you know, was, they had a rough couple, you know, year and a half stretch there, I guess. Um, and he was one of the few constants on that team. So I think they still have a lot of faith in him. Um, and going into the postseason, like if they had to pick right now, that's obviously the guy they'd want, but yeah. The more Huso plays, if he just continues to play at that level, like you said, it's going to be harder and harder to justify. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a, a real, obviously, comfort there. And, and you know, they're, they're pretty loyal to Bennington still at this point. Um, you know, I, like when you consider the poor stretch he's been on and how Huso has been playing, the fact that they're still sharing starts right now, I, I think, goes a long way. Because, yeah, I can't imagine Bennington playing much worse than he has the last couple of weeks. If anything, I think we're just watching more Huso steal a bit more of that starting percentage of starts, we'll say. Yeah. I, I'm kind of on the same page. I think, you know, Bennington's going to go 60-40 even at this point. Um, I, I don't know if you guys recall, but when Huso was back at, I think it was 3%, I said, you know, maybe this guy could steal that spot. Bennington's not, not looking great lately, looking a little shaky. Here we are. Um, I just wanted to bring that up because I, <laughs> I I get rare wins, so... <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love Huso. Um, it, it, when you when you watch him in there, he just looks incredibly confident right now. And this is a team where they they can't depend on a nine oh six when the playoffs do come around. So um, I'm with D. I think Bennington can only get better. Can't get much worse here. But six goals in his last start, five goals to start before that, one to start before that, and then four again. It's just it's it, it's ugly. And when one guy's going up and the other's going down, you start to worry. Um, you don't want this to. You know, you don't want to see Bennington lose it too much here. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think if you're a Bennington owner, don't panic. Um, if you're a Huso owner, enjoy it and uh, just kind of see yeah. where the I, ride If you're goes. a Bennington owner, like, try to grab Huso, yeah, obviously. Yeah, the yeah, the only reason I didn't is because I already have four on the roster. So, yeah. like, if Bennington does lose, it doesn't really hurt me that much. Yeah, they're a good enough team. I mean, we're, we're, ju- we're just talking – if we're talking about top ten teams to start this show, they, they're they in there. So, I think anytime you can have a top ten yeah. team's tandem, it's not really bad. Yeah, exactly. I just think it's a really important handcuff to have at this point. Because, oh, obviously, yeah. if it keeps going the way it's going, like, it's just going to be more and more action for Huso. Getting scary for Jordan. It's interesting because, like, to me, he was a guy that, like, if he was starting, I would bet against the Blues – at the start of the season, yeah. After yeah. last year's eight ninety six, well, yeah. eight ninety three last year, but that then even was, before yeah. that, in the AHL, nine oh nine and forty two starts, eight seventy one and twenty seven starts, um, nine twenty two in his first second year. Um, so he wasn't really a guy that that developed into what the the Blues thought he was going to be until this year. He's really kind of taken that next. Yeah, step, and I think that probably goes into why they've been a little hesitant to kind of give him mm-hmm. more run because, you know, it's kind of been and, and, out of nowhere. To in point. fairness, too, he missed a very long yeah. stretch of time on the COVID-19 protocol list, so yeah. he could probably be closer to 14, 15 starts than he really is. I think that they're still probably trying to ease him back in, but I, I think that this could develop into uh, a lot closer to a 50-50 split than most people, um, based on his 24% own percentage, are, are expecting. So um, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm your host. We got Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berthin. We got Michael Beast Bondi. Thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in. It was like, I don't know, hour 15 before you guys even got to hear the Blue Stones. So I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We got Dylan B. Berthin, Michael Beast Bondi. See you guys back here next week. We didn't even talk about that Swiss national team or Olympic team. Oh, we will. We got plenty of time. Red Opera. Next week, Sven Ghetto. Olympic hockey preview next week. Coming at you. <laughs> Peace. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.